What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into the sit-down presented by Duff's Famous Wings right here on the Built-in Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. This is, again, presented by Duff's Famous Wings. And also don't forget that Built-in Buffalo is in partnership with Picasso's Pizza, Western Ticket IQ, PLB Sports, and as well as Underdog Fantasy. And I, of course, join here with me, the Sauce God, your host as always, at Buffalo Sauce God, across all social media platforms, is my co-host and also returning for a second straight week. Uh, another co-host that we actually expect to have on for uh, looks like a majority of the season. Uh, so let's start off with Mafia Montage, the president of Built in Buffalo. How are we doing this evening, Lance? How you doing, Sauce God, Kulu, and Bill's Mafia? We're getting close, man. I can feel it. I'm getting real, real excited. So if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're also partnered with Buffalo Go for all of our merch. Uh, you can see this polo I'm wearing is made or was made by Buffalo Go. So all of our merch now uh, being made and shipped right here in Buffalo, New York. Check out our shop link in our bios of our social medias. We appreciate it. And after, other than that, Kulu, what's going on today, brother? Man, man, man. We got a lot to talk about today, man. Bill's Mafia, we in the building. What's going on, y'all? Glad to be here as always. If you guys are just now tuning in, do me a favor, hit that like and share. And also do a, uh, do us a favor and don't be afraid to send in some comments. And ladies and gentlemen, questions from Super Chat on YouTube, as well as Facebook star comments. We'll get your question or your comment or your shout out or whatever it may be highlighted here on the show in the sit down. So don't be afraid to send those in. But on this week's show, we are going to talk about the Bills 50 man, uh, 53 man roster, all the cuts that were made and all the guys that are returning to the practice squad and everything else that you guys need to know following the Bills 2 and 1 preseason so with that being said mafia montage let's kick off that introduction video yes sir so this is the sit down we are just one week away from NFL kickoff and 11 days until the Bills take on the Jets in New Jersey. Kulu, first of all, how are you feeling about the opening of the NFL season? Are you what are you what are your vibes right now uh, as we sit one week away and 11 days uh, from the first kickoff of the NFL season? Bro, two things, man. First of all, to start off Monday night on Monday night football on the big stage, bro. That is going to bring so much excitement. Where is going? Where, please shout out where you're going to be at, where y'all going to be, you know, having your live parties. Are going to be at bars? Make sure y'all throw out that out there as well in the comments. And also, we're going against a division rival, and they've been talked about the hard knock story, the New York Jets. So, yeah, we're going to see what they all about week one. We're going to get the best of them, and they're going to get the best of us. So, we're looking forward, and it's going to be kind of a projection, a measuring stick of where both teams are and where this AFC East battle going to start out and how it's going to end out. I like, yeah, I like that. that. So with that being said too, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this week one matchup for the bills, but I am definitely still looking forward to the Kansas city chiefs and the Detroit lions, because I think the Detroit lions have come a long ways and us and bills mafia can definitely relate to the struggle. Right. And coming from mm -hmm. a blue collar town like Buffalo, which is very similar to the city of Detroit and the rights of being a blue collar city as well. But, you know, being passionate about our football teams and not seeing them be successful for a span of time, you know, that can really be tough as a fan base. So I definitely relate to them. But now they're seeing their team actually come to life, and they're going to have to go against the likes of the Kansas City Chiefs, which are two-time champions in the last, you know, five, six years now. And they're just repeating – or they're, they're trying to repeat as Super Bowl champions this year. So I think that's going to be a great matchup. What do you guys think about that actual uh, first matchup of the, uh, the NFL season? Yeah, I'm hoping it's not a blowout. You know, I think that anytime uh, you come out week one, Kansas City should be buttoned up and you don't know what the Lions are going to be They're They're going to be figuring some things out still. And, and probably week one is sort of an extension of the preseason from time to time for, for certain teams. And uh, the Lions just having more of a younger roster, I believe, and, and just having more guys that need to get into the um, rhythm of an NFL season you could see a lopsided affair with Kansas city uh, in there, but you hope uh, with any game, well, I want to watch, I just want it to be competitive. So I'm hoping for that and uh, we'll see. Yeah. And I like the game. Like it, man. What, what about you, brother? Yeah. I like the fact that, you know, again, you remember those days where we played Monday night football against the, um, the Patriots first opening mm -hmm. week. Um, 
And I, and I kind of got that feel for that game right there. Like these guys, they're going against the champions. They got a lot to prove. They got a fiery coach. They got a bunch of young guys. They got a lot to show. So I think it's going to be an exciting game. I think it's going to be a lot closer than some people think. You know, I think Detroit is kind of on the up and up with some young players. I like their coach. Um, but I think they're going to get – I think Kansas City is going to get their, their uh, Detroit's very, very best. So whether they carry that out throughout the season, I think they're looking at this as like, okay, this is the Super Bowl champs. Let's give it all we got. So it's going to be a good game. Excellent, fellas. With that being said, if you guys are just now tuning in, do us a favor and hit that like and share. we got a kick-ass show planned for you guys, and that's going to take us into our very first segment of getting – i love chicken wings what can i say right so you know what an honor it is to be featured in this weekend's national buffalo wing festival that is going to take place at one bills drive in orchard park i'm going to be going against nate geary i'm going to be going against mickey sudo who's the two-time defending wing eating champion she beat joey chestnut and if you guys don't know who joey chestnut is man you must not really truly understand who a real american athlete is right so i'm going to be going against the likes of some of the best competition on stage but i'm really honored to be there and have this opportunity to not only represent the brand of built in buffalo but to represent myself a sauce god who loves chicken wings i definitely like to make some of the best sauces that i think you guys could ever see for chicken wings and i'm excited because i've never made a sauce with sriracha so what i'm going to put together is going to be i think some Something that is going to bring a level of competition that they're just not ready for. So that's me getting saucy this week here in the sit down. Ladies and gentlemen, this is presented by Duff's Famous Wings, hosted by myself, the Sauce God at Buffalo Sauce God. And this is also available via audio podcast, wherever you may get your podcast. And right now, co-hosted by the Mafia Montage and our guy, Emmanuel Kulu, joined here in studio with us. So with that being said, Bills Mafia, we've got to talk about the 53-man roster as well as the cuts and guys that are coming back to the practice squad. And I'm going to let Mafia Montage take us a little bit through some of these cuts and re-signings to the practice squad. And I'm curious to see what Emmanuel thinks about these moves. Yeah, obviously we were, if we start from kind of the top to the bottom, um, the running backs, we had to, we got rid of uh, Darrington Evans and uh, Jordan Mims, who are now on other squads, Mims on the Saints, and Evans uh, just going to the Dolphins, I believe, today. Uh, we were able to re-sign Ty Johnson back to the practice squad. Uh, and then in the receiver room, uh, Isabella, Marcel Aitman, Tyrell Shavers, and Brian Thompson uh, come in to our practice squad in the receiver. So Andy Isabella was the hot topic. I think you saw um, everyone waiting with bated breath to see if he would be cut, retained, or otherwise. So what do you think about um how lucky they were i guess to not really lucky because he didn't have to clear waivers or anything but but how they were able to get andy isabella uh back on the roster and find a place for him you know i'm happy man i'm excited man i was kind of hurt when he got cut um but i i had the inclination that they was going to bring him back josh really likes him and you know he just gives you that feel man he gives you that chris hogan that west welker feel you know that speedy guy even that even that cole beasley feel you know, and, you know, Cole was a fan favorite. So any guys that kind of have that type of style, we always can use those guys who can get gritty, get those five, 10, seven yard catches and, and, and you know, and open up the field for guys like Diggs and, and uh, Gabe Davis. So I'm loving it, man. I'm loving it. I think the more versatile, the more we got on this roster, more people we got to throw the ball to. The more people that increase the competition in that practice squad room and push the active roster is going to be even better. So, you know, you know, keep nobody comfortable. Keep nobody comfortable because you can always come for their spot. That's always my motive to get better, to have a great team. And I know like we talked that. a little bit offline about Jordan Mims being cut and then signing with the Saints there. Um, we thought, you know, he showed a little bit. Uh, Evans had arguably the play of the preseason there and still, um, you know, he doesn't end up back on our squad at all. But, you know, this just goes to show you this roster is well built and we're not going to be able to get um, all these guys back with us. So uh, after the running back, do you have anything sauce? I want to let you oh, yeah. speak on this too, on the running backs and receivers. We just uh, mentioned uh, Tyrell I mean, Shavers, another that, guy. So 
we're blessed, you know, to to see Andy Isabella come back to the practice squad because I do know that he had offers from other teams, but chose to stay in Buffalo where he was actually picking things up. And and with that being said, I know there's some people in Bills Mafia were truly disappointed when he was cut. I mean, I was one of them because I thought that for a guy to come in and pick things up as fast as he did and be able to contribute the way that he did and make as many, you know, good plays as he could with the reps that he got on the field. I thought, how could you really, you know, ever count that kid out? And that's a kid that I want on this football team, regardless if it's on the active roster or practice squad. So for him to choose to come back here says a lot about the culture that exists here. And it says a lot about what we're trying to build here as well. And there's a lot of players across the NFL that see that as well in Buffalo. And that's also going to uh, take us towards um, here momentarily, some of the new additions that we're going to talk about in just a few moments. But, you know, as far as the running backs, yeah, I thought Mims definitely could have, um, you know, it, I would have liked to have seen him come back. But, yeah, Evans, it was a good one. I like the way that that kid ran. He ran with a lot of violence, and I like that. I like a violent running back sometimes. And I think, um, you know, I, I know that we kept Latavius Murray. Some people thought maybe he was going to get cut, right? But um, the guy's a veteran, and the guy can kind of come in and do the same thing that Damian Harris does. And right now we're not too sure about Damian Harris's health as far as how many weeks he's going to be able to contribute to this team. So, uh, overall, I, I thought the most surprising move, though, was seeing Reed Ferguson was cut. He was then eventually re-signed to the team. But, Montage, mm -hmm. do you have anything on that? Why was Reed Ferguson uh, cut and re-signed? Yeah, basically just creating an extra roster spot so that they could move uh, Justin Shorter and Balen Specter. You know, they wanted to keep Shorter and Specter and then be able to place them on IR. And then once they go on IR, they can now re-sign Reed Ferguson. So that's a uh, little roster gymnastics there, which we expected. Um, you know, a couple of, of guys that were cut, uh, just to continue with the cut part of the show here, um, that really surprised, well, I guess we'll get to that part. But, but you know, Alex Austin and Nick Broker, two late-round draft picks for the Bills, uh, cut and then – or waived, really, and then claimed. So uh, two draft picks that we – we're bringing in, you know, fresh this year and aren't going to get a, uh, a chance to kind of develop with the Buffalo Bills. So those are, those are the kind of interesting things that you see. Um, if you go through the offense, uh, we have Joel Wilson back on the practice squad. We kept three tight ends, which is pretty much expected. Um, Guriage, Greg Mance, and Kevin Jarvis on the practice squad. We were able to sign, and we'll talk about this in a minute too, Jermaine Ifedi to the um, – active roster as well but alec anderson ryan vandemark making the team showed out really well in the preseason so um i liked what those guys vandemark did. is a good one i'm glad that you brought him up because i thought everything that i heard in every bit of preseason action and training camp is this guy has been picking things up in the system and they really like the way that he is developing with this team and that's something that i i, I sometimes i fully believe that you can find a player that will contribute and be a starter and, and maybe even a core piece of your team, but they need three or four years sometimes to actually get to that product uh, productive level um, to where they can start and they can be uh, that, you know, that pivotal to the team's success. Right. So I think that that's a good uh, point too, montage, but actually let's go ahead and let's take the opportunity to head into our next moment here as well, because we got a lot to discuss here, Bill's mafia. But if you're just now tuning in, you're live here in the Sit down, presented by Delphi Famous Wings with myself, the sauce guy, the Mafia Montage, and Emmanuel Kulu as well. So let's go ahead. Mafia Montage, what do you got for us for the newest additions to the Bills, including a middle linebacker and a quarterback? Yeah, we just kind of touched a lot on offense, and we'll get to the quarterback in a minute. There's some comments there about that. We appreciate those comments. Just trying to show, uh, stay a little bit on schedule for what we have to discuss here. So from the defensive side of the ball, they're, they're bringing back um, guys like Cameron Klein on the on the practice squad, Kendall Vickers, Ilyanku, and then signing Christian Kirksey um, from uh, who was cut by the Texans, and they've kind of had uh, some tabs on him over the last few years and, and been looking into him. He actually played with Poyer in Cleveland, and um, uh, Poyer's wife Rachel Bush kind of put out that a story about Kirksey um, kind of introducing or, or was with. Uh, her in Miami when her and Jordan met. So kind of a cool story to have him back on the team. And then also Kyron Brown and Jamarcus Ingram, who I think are, are pretty fantastic young players coming back on the practice squad on defense. So the, the main thing here on the defense side, Kulu, uh, Christian Kirksey, what do you see there? What do you like um, about this guy? There is some, some injury question with his hamstring, but I think overall, um, you know, he's a pretty solid fit to push uh, Bernard and Dotson for, some some legit playing time in this defense. 
I mean, you got a 10-year vet. I mean, you got a guy who's played, who's got familiarity with, with Holcomb. He's got familiarity with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, uh, that secondary. So I'm thinking he's going to pick up this, this defense very, very quickly. Um, this is a guy who has the stature. He's about 6'2", 6'3", about 235. He shoots the gaps pretty well. He's a very solid tackler over the last He's been a starter for, for some time now. He's a seasoned vet. So he's going to push those young guys and show those young guys how to play this game. I think he's going to fit right in. I think he's going to have to take some time, obviously, to learn the playbook and things of that nature, learn how this defense runs. But I, I expect to see him playing around week two. Hmm. I like that. And so for everybody that's kind of wondering, you know, why was he signed to the practice squad? And Emmanuel just touched on it. It's so he can have time to pick up this defense, you know what I mean? Because it's not like some people just assume that, you know, if you're a great middle linebacker, you're just going to come in and just boom. No, you need time to pick things up, especially in a defense the way that Sean McDermott runs. Um, and you definitely need time to kind of mesh in when you're playing next to a guy like Matt Milano. And I think, though, that this shows the Bills firmly believe that they are still right there where it takes to be uh, in contention for a Super Bowl and that they just needed to get, you know, the couple of pieces that they got, they picked up. And I'm a big fan of it. I think the Christian Kirksey signing was something that we needed to do. And I like that he was a captain with the Texans. He obviously has a solid playmaking ability. He obviously has productive statistics to go along with everything. So I think the guy fits in with our culture. It was uh, an area of need and the bills are definitely making if for everybody that's wondering, oh, they're saying Brandon Bean doesn't know what he's doing. Well, Brandon Bean seems to have an idea of what he's doing, Bill's Mafia. I'm just saying. But I want to go to the quarterback because I actually can touch a little bit on Shane Buchel. Um, Shane Buchel played at Texas. I am a big fan of Texas college football. If I was going to say I had a, a, a couple of favorite college teams, it's Ohio State and Texas. But I watched Shane Buchel play for a Texas program that was very subpar and did not exactly expect to perform that well. And Shane Buchel came in and stepped in, and he was a good quarterback for that team. He eventually lost his job to Sam Ellinger, who was, I believe, uh, signed there as a freshman to, you know, kind of come in and be their quarterback at the college, right? But Shane Buchel was a good quarterback in college. He obviously sat behind guys like um, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Chad Henney in Kansas City. And I think Shane Buchel is a guy that comes into this quarterback room that, you know, he's a young guy. It, it, there's really – it's not like anything that we expect him to kind of step in and necessarily – be an elite, you know, backup or anything like that. But he's a guy that he's young and he still has an upside, in my opinion. So I like the move too. What do you think of the move of the quarterback signing, Emmanuel? I'm curious to what you think. Yeah, man, I like it, man. I look at it as a Bill Belichick move, where you know you snatch a player from the from the other team. You know, that's the other team that's your rivaling, um, and you you also pick his brain, see what you can get, see what you can learn from this guy because this guy has been on a championship caliber team. I've been screaming this for years. It takes champions to become champions. You guys, you got guys like Vaughn Miller. You got guys on your team now that are champions that are teaching these younger guys how to push themselves to that championship level. So anytime you can get a champion on your team and they can give you just a little bit of things that they've learned from other championship teams and what they can bring that element here. Even if it's a guy just holding a clipboard and just giving you some things that he sees that he learned from his time in Kansas city. I think that's very important. So I don't know much about him as a player. I know he's a little bit undersized, but I, I, I'm willing to, you know, give him a shot because, you know, Kyle, Kyle Allen, he did okay, but he didn't sell me on anything to be honest. Yeah, I think I'm going to echo exactly what Sauce God was saying about just a gunslinger mentality, very, um, you know, aggressive, has that little Brett Favre trait in him. I think that's one of the the most historic kind of gunslinger guys that you'll find in the league, right? So you, you kind of have that little element there. So if you're down to your backup quarterback, you're probably looking to be aggressive So anyway so that you can try to get the most out of your team because without the starting quarterback – we're going to be honest here. The Bills are not going to be what the Bills are going to be with Josh Allen. So I think that's a very good point, Sauce God, that, that this this guy is a gunslinger, has the confidence, and has the ability to to go and, and try to make some plays. And that's all we can ask from a backup is go out there, try to make as many plays as you can. Um, what was mentioned on WGR earlier is that maybe, uh, you know, look at Matt Barkley when he had to come in. Uh, Allen's rookie year, maybe I think it was, and and he came yep. in and threw for nearly 300 yards and two touches. So you know those kind of those kind of players are important. We we're going to need um, depth, and and this guy, if he is called into action, 
he's not going to shy away. He's going to try to make those plays and hopefully they turn out for the best. Yeah, and also, too, to go alongside of Emmanuel, you made a great point about it's a Bill Belichick type of move, but also it's the type of move where if the guy ever sees the playing field, which, God forbid, I don't want to see that um, because I want to see Josh out there, obviously. But if he should see the field, this, this is a guy that's going to want to obviously get a chance to maybe start for a team that needs a quarterback, right? There, there's always opportunities that exist whenever you get them, right? So I do like the move. I like that we have a guy that, you know, came from Kansas City, so we get a chance to pick their brain. Championship mentality, Emmanuel, good point. But if you guys are just now tuning in your live here in the sit-down, presented by Duff's Famous Wings, and, of course, on the Built in Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and that is also in partnership with POB Sports, Picasso's Pizza, Wester, Ticket IQ, and Underdog Fantasy. And I'm joined here with my co-host, Manuel Kulu, and also the co-host of the Built, uh, the Buffalo Blitz on Tuesday nights with Peter DiBiase, the Mafia Montage, and the president of Built in Buffalo. So I have heard Dotson just changed his number, Montage. What do you say about that? Yeah, it went back to his college number of 25. I like numbers, so I like to bring these up. Um, you know, I guess uh, people uh, are like me, like-minded potentially here, and I like to, to see, you know, what these numbers mean to the guys. And I think that um, – you know, 25 is kind of a special number with the Bills. So I know Taiwan Jones has had it, but obviously uh, we're not going to forget that Shady McCoy wore that and when he was with Buffalo. So uh, it'll be fun to see, you know, now a defensive player wearing 25. And um, it's fun to see those guys kind of getting comfortable with it, whatever number, you know, Teron Johnson went from 24 to seven and things like that. So we've had a lot of different over the years, guys kind of now with the relaxed rules, positions can wear different numbers. Um, you saw, I think in preseason, even you had a quarterback wearing number 50 there for a minute. So it's just kind of fun to see these guys. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, I think it was, right? Yeah, yeah Bridgewater <laughs> was wearing number 50. So it's kind of funny to see all these numbers now and, and, and guys being able to get back to the number they wore in college and different things like that just probably makes them comfortable, honestly. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Excellent stuff. So Montage, let's go ahead. Let's take us into the next segment of Bada Bing, Bada Boom. The segment, it's all about the good things that we've seen in the world of sports. It doesn't just have to be Bills related or NFL related. It can be any sport, right? I'm going to actually start us off here real fast, and then we're going to go to Emmanuel, and then we'll go to Montage before we go into forget about it. But this week, with how little the, the Yankees have done this season and how they have underperformed and how they have underwhelmed in every aspect of, you know, the words, right? Uh, Anthony Volpe, rookie, up and coming. And, and, and just it looks to be a light on this team alongside of the captain, Aaron Judge. His, uh, the, I believe it's the first Yankee ever to attribute, uh, achieve the feature of 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases. So he's a member of the 2020 club, did so as a rookie, which is really awesome. But also, too, the Martian, Jason, or Jason, as some people would say, Dominguez is actually going to be coming up and playing for the Yankees, I believe, making his debut against the Houston Astros. And that's got me saying, Bada bing, bada boom. So, Emmanuel, what do you got for us for this segment, brother? Man, my bada bing, bada boom moment, man, it was Aaron Rodgers, man. You know, I'm not a Jets fan by no means, and y'all know what time it is come Monday night. But I always respect legends like Aaron Rodgers, just watching him the other day on some highlights and him talk some guy bumped into him on a New York <laughs> giant and he giving him that look like, yo, what is you doing, bro? Gave him a shove. It's like, put some respect on it. Put some respect on my name. And, and the dude was like, I don't know who you are. He said, I don't know who you are. And the air rider said, yeah, scored a touchdown, said, you know who I am, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So shout out to Aaron Rodgers, man. He truly is a legend in this game. And, you know, uh, I, I, that's my moment of the day. Montage, yeah, really what do you got like for us? Yeah. About a big, about a boom. I'm really liking the fact, you know, we'll give a little shout out here to DeMar Hamlin making the 53. I think that's worth uh, noting. He earned his spot, uh, you know, on this 53. He played in the preseason. He took the hits, got back in there, didn't show any fear. And that's tough, man. That's really uh, commendable for a, for a guy to, to literally, um, you know, basically lose his life for a moment on a football field and come back like nothing ever happened. And and, and it's going to be all season. We're going to be thinking about it, but I think that's not just a PR move to keep him. I think he earned his spot, like Brandon Bean said, and, and he's legit here. The, the fourth safety on the roster, we, you know, it's, it's going to play his role. And if he's called upon, I think he can step in and, and hopefully there won't be 
too much drop off. I think last year he performed leading up to that Cincinnati game and in a, you know, what a, you would expect from a backup. He's not coming in being a starting caliber NFL player, but he's performing and doing his one eleventh kind of thing. And that's kind of what my um, opinion was of the, the middle linebacker position, as we talked about it all preseason too, is it's just one eleventh of this defense. I think we don't need a superstar stud doing that. Now you would like to have a guy that has some, some, you know, more upside and things like that because he is calling the defense and, and the quarterback. But at the same point, each guy is kind of doing their 111th in Sean McDermott's scheme. So, um, you know, shout out to DeMar and keep uh, keep working hard. That's awesome. Excellent stuff. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you are just now tuning in, do me a favor. Hit that like and share your live here in the sit down. And we still have plenty more left in this show. We've got our next segment to forget about it. We've got victory formation, which is going to talk about the offensive players that we expect to have breakout seasons for the Bills. The defensive pain train segment as well, which is going to talk a little bit more about which players or what we need to do to step up in place of Vaughn Miller's absence. Right. All that and much more right here in the sit down. With that being said, let's go into the next segment of forget about it. What's forget about it? Disagree like a Lincoln is better than a Cadillac? Forget about it. Opposite to bada bing bada boom, which is the good things we've seen in the world of sports. We've got forget about it, which is the ugly things that we've seen in the world of sports. And I'm going to go ahead and just let Montage start us off here, brother. What do you got for us? I'm going to let Roy have this one to start us with. Uh, yeah, RIP to Bray Wyatt, man. 30 six years old i think i read he was and uh just an enormous talent the charisma just oozed out of him everywhere he went it seemed like and i never met the guy but i just uh, read a lot about it and and watched um my fair share of him wrestling in the ring so uh definitely uh, a little uh moment of silence here and an r.i.p to bray wyatt for sure and then for my segment um you know for forget about it man i gotta call out labor Torres today. I don't know what the heck happened, but he had a chance to turn a double play to end the inning. Uh, and instead he just throws the ball away in the infield and the winning run scores. I mean, you cannot throw a game more obvious than what labor Torres did today. I, I just don't understand. That's something I, do, I don't like to see in sports and, and maybe it was an honest mistake. It didn't look like the slide in on Glaber was that hard to where it would have affected his throw. He was standing right in front of the bag as well. So I mean, just, Labor Torres at second base today. Just forget about it. Excellent stuff. Emmanuel, what do you got for us for forget about it? Yeah, man, I've seen a lot of fans, man, that were complaining about the Boogie Basham trade. You know, this 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 defensive line room is is way too deep. I mean, we got Rousseau, we got Floyd, we got Epinesa, we got Lawson. I mean, we got John, uh, Kingsley Jonathan. We're getting younger as well and more physical. Um, we had we can we can make a move to get somebody like that. People are tripping that it was a second round pick, another second round pick that we lost. But forget about it, man. We we got depth there, so let's keep it moving. I like that. So for me, normally, fellas, I don't read into comments on any social media because I just don't really. I believe that everybody has an opinion, whether I like it or not, whether they look like an ass or not. It doesn't matter. Everybody's got something to say sometimes, and I don't like to read into it. But I will say this. I put out a post about DeMar Hamlin making the 53-man roster, and I see a few different laughing reacts or people commenting things like why. And Montage touched on the fact that we kind of all anticipated that there was you know, no way that he wasn't going to make the team because it would be a PR nightmare, but he earned his spot on the team this year. And I think DeMar Hamlin, with the way that he played so fearless – I don't care if you think that there's a conspiracy going on. All that stuff needs to quiet the fuck down, you know, and, and that's because DeMar Hamlin is a fucking inspiration to not only uh, people like us, but everybody out there that you can still come back from something like uh, adversity, but that's, that's to sell it short. He came back from death and is still on the football field where he died and he's still out there doing what he absolutely loves most. And for anybody to have any opinion against it, that's got me saying forget about it. So, you know what I mean? That's going to take us into our next segment here. But if you guys are just now tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, we're live here in the sit-down on the Built of Buffalo Networks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, presented by Duff's Famous Wings and hosted by myself, the Sauce God, at Buffalo Sauce God. And my guy, Emmanuel Kulu, real fast, throw out your social medias for everybody out there watching. Yeah, man, hit me on I am underscore Kulu on uh, Instagram. You can also hit me up on Emmanuel Kulu 
on Facebook. You can also hit me on LinkedIn, Emmanuel Kulu as well. Man, follow me on all those platforms. I'm active on all three. I like it. Excellent stuff. And I'm also joined here with the president of Built in Buffalo and the co-host of the Buffalo Blitz, the Mafia Montage, at Lance Nelson B.I.B. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. Hit that like and share. Keep those comments flowing. And let's go ahead into the next segment of Victory Formation. formation which is normally offensive keys to the game or what we did right to win the game right but this uh this week before we actually get close to the regular season which next week it will be back to normal we're actually going to talk about which offensive players are going to have great seasons for the bills besides stefan Diggs and josh allen because i think all of us can agree we are just going to go ahead and chalk that up as a w right there right so emmanuel why don't you start us off here brother which offensive players do you think are going to have great seasons for the buffalo bills i'm going with my man james cook and Gabe Davis, both of these players got so much to prove and so much at stake, especially Gabe Davis, starting with him. Gabe Davis, you know, we know what he did, that, that three-touchdown game he had in Kansas City, a little bit of a drop-off last year. I still kind of think he had a decent year. He had 800 yards, and he was he was, he was wasn't a great year, but he had a decent year. So I'm not going to even say it was a bad year. A lot of receivers don't even get 800 yards. So I think he was decent. Um, I think he's going to step it up and coming into a contract year. So I think it's going to be a real big year for him. He had a real good, strong camp. He had a strong preseason. So, you know, not much, didn't show too much. But at the end of the day, I think he's going to have a breakout season. James Cook, he showed flashes, that speed, that burst. That's something that we saw in college from him. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see him really take hold of that number one running back slot, see him in the screen game. That's something last year that we didn't see. We really wanted to see James Cook get out in space, you know, catch him on a quick screen, quick slant, something of that nature, get the running back in space, use all of these weapons. And I think Ken Dorsey with a year under his belt, I think he's ready to use those guys. Montage, what do you think? Yeah, I got about, I got three players or groups of players that I really wanted to highlight here in this segment. The first is uh, Trent Sherfield. I think that Trent Sherfield, with his blocking acumen, the way he's really able to get out and help, um, he's going to help James Cook a uh, ton get out to those edges and, and really um, let him breathe in space and be able to, to get the space that he needs. So I think that uh, Trent Sherfield not only – blocking but he also gives a nice receiving element to this team i think he's underrated as a receiver i think he's going to be well used in the red zone and when we talk about red zone it's going to segue into the tight end position our tight end group is one of the best tight end groups in the league and i really think that these guys all three of them could play a really big role throughout the season um, we can go heavy and go three tight end sets we can go 12 personnel with just the two and i think that those guys are worth mentioning and uh Cousin Eddie's coming in here, 12 gauge with uh, O-line. I was going to say Osiris Torrance. I think that the rookie has played well throughout the preseason and deserves to get some recognition that I think um, the offensive line and I think especially some some solid right guard play there from Osiris Torrance will really be the difference in the offense this year. I like that. So I'm actually going to take a player from both of you guys because this is this is how I feel. Gabe Davis, number one, is on the verge of a breakout season where I think he might have a chance at going over a thousand yards. And if he doesn't, I don't think it's going to be because of his lack of play or lack of production. I think it's going to be because we have to spread the football around to just too many different weapons. And that's a good problem to have if you ask me. Right. Gabe Davis, though, I, I, I say it again. People want to argue with me all day. I played receiver. OK, I battled. I battled heel injuries and I battled ankle injuries a lot when I played the game of football. And yes, I wasn't a professional football player, but still I played the receiver position and I caught everything that came my way until I had foot injuries. And those just made me unconfident about where I was putting my feet down. And it made me not have that kind of support and that firm plant in the ground that I just need to establish a foundation to haul in the football. So I did see though, Gabe Davis had still Lashes last year, even through those injuries. So I think that he's on the verge of a breakout season. And, and I don't care about it being a contract year. I, I don't think it has nothing to do with that. But my second guy, Trent Sherfield. And that's because Josh 
Josh Allen recruited him to come here. Josh Allen obviously sees something out of him, and I like that. And I like the gauge, uh, gauge 12 gauge, by the way. Bill's Mafia 12 gauge. That's my guy and one of my uh, best friends out there. He said that um, he said Khalil Shakir, and I definitely agree with that as well. I know that right now everybody's a little bit hesitant on him, but I still think he's going to actually have a really great season when he comes out of the football field as well. But I really think that Trent Sherfield montage, you touched on that so well what he can do in the receiving game and what he can do in helping the run game with blocking and the way that he can kind of come in and relieve Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis right I like that we signed him and I, I definitely wasn't a big fan of it at first because I didn't know enough about what his uh, what his production was like before but now I'll tell you what I've definitely liked what I've seen out of him and I think he brings a good element to this offense and I think that after that last preseason win against the Bears we saw the offense looked much more fluent and it looked much more like we're accustomed to watching on Sunday, right? So, right. So, one thing I want to say before we move on, brother, is just uh, yeah, go ahead. Just, just one thing before we move on. I, I just want to say I was also very encouraged by seeing Damian Harris get some play at the goal line there, and it looked like you know from the goal line inside the three yard line. That's what we're talking about. Inside the three yard line is where the Bills struggled. Once you reach the three yard line, their percentage of scoring. Uh, touchdowns was very low. And so uh, Damian Harris is going to help that. The the tight ends that we have, Trent Shurfield, these guys are really going to help that efficiency inside the three-yard, inside the five-yard line. I expect our scoring percentage from that distance to go up this year. I just wanted to jump in real quick. I like this. that. Now think about, think about this. You know, I know a lot of some of our fans have been a little bit hard on Shakir, but we can't forget what Shakir was doing, the flashes he was showing last year, last season. I mean, we can talk about the the uh, training camp, but we cannot forget what he was doing during the season. He showed a lot of nice flashes. And, and to your point with Sherfield, he reminds me of like a, a, a many Eric Modes, man. I mean, I know that's hot, lawfully standards to talk about for Bills fans, but he's physical. He can block. That's the type of tenacity that we need at wide receiver. That's why I was like so big on shorter being on this team, because for so many years we had just the shorter guys. Now we're getting some more busy, bigger physical uh, guys who can get that grit in, in, in the middle of the field. So I'm liking that move and I'm liking him as well. Excellent. So, guys, we have our next segment ahead of paint trains, but we also have, don't forget, the unsung hero in the weakest link in the Mafia Montage preseason maniac, which I'm excited to see all about that as well. So if you're just now tuning in, hit that like and share. Keep those comments flowing, Bills Mafia. We're live here in the sit-down presented by Duff's Famous Wings, and we are having a kick-ass show, so don't go anywhere because we've got a lot more left for you. So with that being said, let's head into the next segment of Third Along, the Pain Trains. God, it's I have such Mike a love-hate relationship with those trains, man. Yo, you and me both, bro. We know that's third down. Let's get right. yeah. <laughs> with that being said, this always gets Montage hyped up. So I'm going to let Montage start us off here. Who or what do we need to do defensively to win with these first four weeks and how tough it is? And we need to win these games, right, to win without Vaughn yeah. for the first four weeks with him being on the PUP list. We need to get pressure without blitzing, quite simply. I think that the thing that happened last year when Von Miller went out is that we had to use the blitz to manufacture pressure. And the pressure on those quarterbacks is going to drive a lot more turnovers and make the job a lot easier for our defensive backs and linebackers. So I think getting the pressure, getting one-on-one wins from our defensive linemen, getting the interior going, I think Ed Oliver with either Daquan Jones, Tim Settle this year playing really well so far in the preseason. We'll see how that carries into the regular season. And we have a very deep defensive tackle room here. So I think that may help kind of ease the the defensive ends um, jobs a little bit. But hopefully we can get some th- some holes opened up for maybe a blitz or two, but with just a single line. So, you know, maybe rush five instead of six or rush, you know, four or five guys and bring them from different places. And that's really going to be the key to keeping guys off balance, like Aaron Rodgers, who is very difficult to get off balance, obviously, and to keep a guy like Tua off balance. You know that he can be knocked off balance fairly easily, and that Miami offensive line is not that great. So we need to make sure that we're beating the guys in the one-on-one battles that we should win. Um, Ed Oliver, with that payday, I think you need to expect him to – to step up and really kind of wreak some havoc. He was playing with reckless abandon against Chicago. And I know it's just Chicago and it's preseason, 
but he was living in that backfield. He was, shake, you know, sh yes. uh, shaking guys off. He was really getting a good press, you know, off of his guy, creating space between him and his guy so that he can read the play and react. And he shut down a couple of run plays even. And I don't think Ed Oliver is necessarily known for his run game um, defense, but I think he can be a really big, uh, you know, big at, you know, peace in this defense if he can start winning those one-on-ones keep keep the space between him and the offensive lineman read his hole and then hit it so uh you know he doesn't need to make all the big flashy plays i know he's not going to get um you know a ton of sacks maybe but if he does that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world Emmanuel, what do you think brother yeah man i'm, I'm gonna echo a lot what montage is talking about here that you know we got to we have to get pressure you know, we got to get takeaways, pressure and takeaways. That's that's what a defense has to do. We're going to need Micah Hyde. We're going to need, um, you know, uh, we're going to need to see Trey. Uh, we're going to need to see uh, Trey White. We're going to need to see these guys really step up and get some takeaways for us. That's what we started off the past two seasons leading the league in. And we need that. But in order to get that, you got to get pressure. Now, coming up week one, you know, we got Aaron Rodgers, who who really knows how to read defenses really well. We got to be careful not to test him with blitzes and, and things like that. We need to get win as many one on ones. So we're going to need Russo. We're going to need Epinesa to step up. We're going to need Floyd to step up. We're going to need these guys to really dial in pressure, win some one on ones so we can keep the defense safe, uh, you know, keep them stay staying safe so that we don't have to blitz so much. And, and guys like Aaron Rodgers, who's, who's very experienced, can pick that apart. So we got to be careful. Yeah, I wanted to highlight this. Montage, you got the answer to that? Yeah, Gage comes in with a very good point. They did not lose in the regular season after Von, Von Miller went out, which is very um, – we can pick apart things that happened, and there were different areas where – um, you know, they played close games, but yes, they did uh, win even without Von Miller. Now, I think that, you know, the Cincinnati game could have been one where they may have lost. It was looking like uh, Cincinnati was playing very well that night uh, before DeMar went down. But then, uh, you know, I think that in the playoffs is where we saw the most. You know, I think we we definitely didn't necessarily close out Miami the way we could have with Avon Miller and they hung around. We, we won by three points and then we absolutely didn't have it, you know, against Cincinnati without Von Miller. So I, I totally understand, you know, during the regular season, these guys have done well, they've played well. There's not too much to criticize, although people will find things and get nervous about things. But look, this team is a 13 and three team, 13 win team from last year, regardless of the Bengals game. And, you know, they definitely, um, played their 111. That's why you can talk about all these guys with their individual stats, but that's not what this team is. But that's not what this defense and the scheme is all about. It's about you know getting the job done when it's needed. So it's a little there is or has been a little bend don't break to this defense and being able to you know shut folks down after they cross midfield and things. But um, also I think that having a, a positive pass rush is gonna and reducing the blitz percentage just keeps everyone fresher for longer this season. So, you know, a good point by Gage that they did not lose in the regular season after Vaughn went out, but um, I don't think it was necessarily because anyone stepped in. They did change their scheme and they won uh, despite having a lackluster pass rush with rushing just four people. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of like what I'm looking at the most, you guys really touched on a lot of what I wanted to kind of highlight, but Ed Oliver is definitely one person that's got to step in play because I know Greg Rousseau is definitely going to show up and he's he's definitely going to be a game breaker in my opinion. Um, but AJ Epinesa, you got to step up for us, brother, because you did receive trade interest from other teams. We got rid of Boogie Basham, which upset some people in those mafia, but at the end of the day, the Bills probably liked what they got in, uh, you know, for offers for Boogie Bash a little bit more, and they probably like what they see out of AJ Epinesa a little bit more too. So I need to see him step up in absence of Von Miller. But also, I got to take a look at the defensive backs. Trey White, I need you to be somewhat close to all pro if possible. You know, whatever. I just be that veteran defensive back that you've been. I know that he's coming off of you know an ACL injury a couple of seasons ago, but he is back. He's healthy. He's confident. I'm ready to see that. And I'm also looking at Kyrie Lam, Christian Benford, Taron Johnson. You guys got to do your best to just eliminate penalties. Don't get those pass interference calls. Don't get those defensive holding penalties. And that way we can get the defense off the field and let our offense kind of control the situation. Because I think last season, 
it was our defense that won us most of our games. And our defense was able to close things out. But our offense in previous years has been able to also been, be the factor that can close out games and control the clock and control the momentum. And I think that that right there is going to be huge. If we could just get off the football field defensively and we can get our offense back on and we can get though that, that momentum and rhythm offensively, it's going to make the world a lot easier for the defense. So if the offense can do their part as well, that to me is going to make everything that much easier for this defense in the absence of Vaughn Miller. And yeah, you might feel the absence, but you might not feel it when you it might go four and zero regardless, right? And then you maybe get him. Yeah, back I think if the record's there, it's. I'm sorry. I think if the record's there, I think that's what you're looking for. And uh, the one point I wanted to make. <clears throat> to what you're saying is the more times Josh Allen can touch the football and the more times the defense can give that ball back to Josh Allen to have those touches. That's exactly right. I think that's a very, very good point. And also I just want to step in and throw out that a lot of the fans were disappointed when they saw that Vaughn is going to the pup list. And, you know, first of all, we need this guy healthy for the postseason. We need him healthy for the postseason. Let these younger guys, these other guys like Floyd step up, let them step up while he gets himself healthy. We need him for the postseason. So don't worry about the first four weeks or however long it takes him. We need him for the postseason. Keep that in mind. Long run. Yeah, I, I like think uh, you Great answered stuff. this a little bit earlier, Sauce. But, I, you know, I think, you know, he's going to learn the playbook. Um, and maybe by week two, I'd say, you know, he could get in there. He may be elevated week one and see some snaps. And then depending on that performance, you could see him kind of full-time uh, week two. Excellent stuff. So guys, we still have three segments ahead here in the sit down, but if you're just now tuning in, do me a favor, hit that like and share button, turn those notifications on. So you don't miss any of the content coming from built in Buffalo, whether it's a live show, whether it's an update for the Buffalo bills, whether it's a game play by play action type of tweet or anything. You don't want to miss any of that. We also have great audio podcasts too. And all the content coming from built in Buffalo guys is your tier source, your tier one source. For Bill's content out there. So, guys, let's go ahead and let's get to our next segment here of let's, the uh, Unsung Hero. We should answer this uh, one from Roy oh. real quick, brother. Sorry. I want to just get this uh, your thoughts on this because it is a good talking point. And, uh, hey, we got some time here, Ooh. right? So, Dane Jackson or, or Benford, Kulu, who do you got first? Give me Benford. Give me Benford. Yeah, I think I like Benford, I think even though Dane Jackson has a little bit more maybe experience, I think Benford's made it, you know, tough on Kyrie Lam, And that's why maybe we're so tough on Kyrie Lam. It's not because he doesn't perform or because he's, you know, making mistakes. It's because Christian Benford's playing like a first rounder in a lot of aspects, right? So I think Benford for me. Montage, what do you think? Yeah, I like Benford. Oh, I, I mean, I guess Dane Jackson is the steady Eddie um, kind of, you know what you're going to get from him, and I get that. It's a comfort piece for McDermott. Um, he's going to be put in positions where when they need someone to do a certain thing, that's what they're going to, they're going to have him on there. So I, I think that, you know, all three from what they've said are going to play, and, I and you know, you know Kyrie Elam has to be mentioned there too. But I think uh, based upon what you're seeing, Benford's been the more consistent and, and the, the better player uh, through this preseason, and he got the start week one last year so i don't see why he wouldn't get the start again week one this year good stuff i like that well with that being said let's go into our next segment here of the unsung hero to talk about the players that made the team that's surprise us the most and what players that sign back to the practice squad are we the most happy to see come back and let's start with Emmanuel on this one brother uh what do you got for us man I got I got Terrell Dotson now you know he had a really good showing against the Bears again it is the Bears but at the end of the day he showed up he made some solid tackles he shot the gaps made a couple stops he made it I think it two stops for a loss played very well very sound um he's had a lot on his head he's I mean he's replacing all pro player um, and more than likely he'll get the start. So I'm going to give him an uh, unsung hero and whether he holds on to that will be adversity for him to climb himself with Kirksley coming in. But for now, I'm going to give him some props. Montage. Yeah, I think for my unsung hero, um, I really got to go. I think with Tim settle, I just think he played, you know, really well. 
and he got some run with the ones right next to Ed Oliver. And a second guy I actually have to mention as well is Deontay Hardy, because we just went through the whole offense and we talked about guys we thought in victory formation were going to do good. Guess who we didn't bring up in the offense? Now, we could name every single guy. I get it. But I think that um, Deontay Hardy didn't have any massive plays in the preseason, maybe. But I really liked some of the things I saw. One of the plays that I really liked from Chicago was a little uh, a screen play where they kind of did some play action. And then he was in motion and kind of went out and had a screen uh, there. It's kind of like a jailbreak screen, I would say it was. And it was nice, nice little um, play for him. I think those kind of things where you can get him into space, he doesn't have to think too much about it, uh, is going to be good. So I think, you know, on the offense side of the ball, Deontay Hardy is definitely someone um, – he didn't it didn't surprise me making the team, and I just like that um, you know he hasn't been mentioned. So I gotta say for for the you know not surprised, but the player I enjoy is Kingsley Jonathan too. I think that Kingsley Jonathan, uh, pride of Syracuse University now, uh, you know great kid. Um, so that that'd be the unsung hero for me. Excellent stuff. So what I got for you guys for the unsung hero, I, I think that Justin Shorter kind of surprised me. Only because he came on a little bit later, but we saw we saw that they definitely utilized his size. They gave him a lot of targets. You know, he catches like five catches for 37 yards. Kind of just a big body in the middle of the field. And I think that I was a little surprised to see him make the team. However, he was, you know, placed on IR. And this is kind of done to, like Lance said, maybe redshirt him per se. Uh, I think I'm definitely the most happy to see Andy Isabella coming back. Just because I think... There is a good chance that we could see this kid elevated to the 53-man roster at some point should he have to see playing time because of somebody else falling due to injury, which I don't want to see that, or just due to, you know, maybe they're not liking what they're seeing out of somebody else. I think Andy Isabella brings you a great, great option that, um, you know, I know some people out there in Bill's Mafia like to always kind of, you know, let Duke Williams per se, right? Sometimes we kind of want to root for the underdog a little too much, but I think Andy Isabella really does contribute to this football team. And I think the more that he picks up this offense and this system, and he, the more that he meshes in with the entire team and the entire culture of Buffalo, uh, I think it's only going to do well for that kid. And I'd like to see him for years uh, to come here in the Buffalo Bills. So that's what I got for the unsung hero. And I like that. 12 Gage has got it well, but you guys are live here in the sit-down, and this is also available via audio podcast should you not be able to catch the live version of the show. We are on the Built-in Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, but again, on audio podcasts wherever you may get your podcasts, so turn those notifications on so you don't miss anything from the sit-down or any of the other content coming from Built-in Buffalo. You're live here with the Sauce God at Buffalo Sauce God, my guy Emmanuel Kulu, the Mafia Montage, the president of Built-in Buffalo, and we've got two more segments ahead of Bill's Mafia, so don't go anywhere just yet. Let's go into our next segment of The Weakest Link. at you mac jones the weakest leak this week is going to be who wasn't cut that you think maybe should have been maybe it was a head scratch and move that they still made the roster right because we got to get a little controversial but we're not a negative type of show if it was mafia so montage why don't you start us off here brother who wasn't cut that you think maybe should have been yeah the only thing i could really think of for this one is kind of kyle allen i think i'm not necessarily saying he should be cut but i just don't see him being the long-term qb2 on this football team so i think we could have maybe cut him and then signed him to the practice squad, but they're valuing him. Maybe they're seeing something that I don't see and we can only see what, you know, what they put on film during the game days, which is very little by design. So, um, you know, Kyle Allen did start kind of picking it up and had some flashes here and there, but I just didn't see where he would be necessarily a guy I'm comfortable with throwing in there. And I, and I get, like we talked about before, if Josh Allen isn't our quarterback, then what are we doing anyway? But I think that it's still um, there's plenty of other talent out there that we could bring in that maybe would have a higher upside. And and we did bring one guy like we talked about um, into the practice squad. So with uh, Bouchelet there. Now, Emmanuel, what do you got for us, brother? Man, I'm going to go with Latavius Murray, man. I like Latavius Murray. He's big. He's physical. But at the same time, you know, I, I wanted to go younger. I wanted to go younger. I wanted to go, you know, keep Mims here. Um, 
that 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 would be my surprise, man. I think you got to think about the future, the guys who are going to be here, the guys who are not going to be here. Um, I like Latavius Murray, but at the same time, I'm still wanting to get younger at that position. I like that. Now, there's a reason I got the sunglasses back on, fellas, right? I usually only wear these for the getting saucy, the montage maniac of the week. But I'm actually not going to go with anybody from the Buffalo Bills. I'm looking at the New England Patriots quarterback room. I just think that Mac Jones should have been cut because I don't like Mac Jones, right? I just don't like him one bit, right? But they cut Bailey Zapp, which eliminates all the noise about who's going to start for them this year. But I think that Mac Jones should have just been cut. You guys should not start any quarterback. You should just quit the game of football. Bill Belichick retire. Robert Kraft sell the team. Dissolve the team, and as far as I'm concerned, the Patriots are at this point the weakest link. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is me here in the weakest link, and that is, of, of course, because you, you guys all know how I feel about Mac Jones. I've gone at him uh, several times, and there's been talks about starting a show where, you know, I just go and fight Mac Jones once a week. Can, I beat him every time, right? But that's going to take us, ladies and gentlemen, to our final segment of the Mafia Montage Maniac of the Preseason. Yeah, so we're done. We had three preseason games, a uh, few weeks of training camp, and the Mafia Montage Maniac of the preseason. We're going to give it to the old rookie, Dalton Kincaid. I think he came out. He showed really well. He wasn't wasn't too big for him, and I was just very impressed on how he kept ahead of everything that was fed to him. He kept getting more and more put on his plate, and he kept uh, producing. Kid has great hands as advertised. He's moving fluidly. He's getting separation, getting open when he's running the routes through the defense. I think that you just couldn't have asked for more. And staying healthy as well was such a such an important part of this preseason. So we did have a couple guys getting banged up, but for the for the most part, uh, we we came out fairly healthy. And Dalton Kincaid is the mafia montage maniac of the preseason for me. I like that. So I want to go ahead and thank both my co-hosts, the Mafia Montage and Emmanuel Kulu on for a second straight weekend. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, you can expect to see Emmanuel here in the sit down for a majority of the upcoming season. So Emmanuel, real fast, tell the people where they can find you on social medias and talk about that song that you got with Stevie Johnson again for us one more time. Yeah, man. It's um, You can find me on I am underscore Kulu on Instagram. You can find me on Emmanuel Kulu on uh, Facebook, Emmanuel Kulu on LinkedIn as well. The song with Stevie Johnson. I mean, Montage, man, you talked about those underdog players that turned out to be stars. I know you guys remember a guy named James Hardy. He was drafted second round and Stevie Johnson won that battle. And, you know, since then, Stevie Johnson's been winning battles and still fighting battles right here in Buffalo. So when I hooked up with Stevie, I said, hey, I need to find a person that that played for Buffalo, that loves Buffalo and still here representing Buffalo, even outside of Buffalo. So I went with my man, Stevie. I knew he had bars. A couple of people threw people like Cole Beasley out there to me. And I was just like, nah, Stevie's my guy. I got to go with Stevie. Um, and then the song came together, man. And we're over 10,000 streams right now, uh, Buffalo Against the World. So make sure y'all go check that out on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, all that good stuff, and put it in your tailgate playlist. Excellent stuff. Emmanuel, I appreciate you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, go check out that song right now with Emmanuel and Stevie Johnson. And Mafia Montage, why don't you tell the people where they can find you on socials and, of course, tell them about that Tuesday night show as well. Yeah, I'm at Lance Nelson B.I.B. on Twitter. That's where I'm most active. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as Lance Nelson. Um, I'll interact with anybody in Bill's Mafia usually on there. So uh, if I see your Bill's Mafia, definitely I would accept that. And uh yeah, I'm excited for this upcoming season. Um, Tuesday nights on the Buffalo Blitz as well with myself and Peter DiBiase. Uh, we got a lot of cool things going on for Built in Buffalo here. So I'm, I'm just overwhelmed at the support we've received so far. All of our um, sponsors have been great. All the people that we are bringing in, guys like Kulu who have kind of partnered up with us um, in the short term here. <clears throat> or in some in some quick time here, we were able to meet and kind of link up very quickly. So we've had some very positive experiences out in the community here in Buffalo. And I just like to say we're going to keep that going. And uh, thank you all for all your support. Appreciate that. 
I love that. And of course, guys, I'm your host as always, the Sauce God at Buffalo Sauce God across all social media platforms. Also check me out at www.buffalosaucegod.com. I've got some Sauce God merch that's got some colors of the Buffalo Bills as well available for you guys out there. Make sure to check me out and wish me good luck, ladies and gentlemen, at that National Buffalo Wing Festival Celebrity Influencer Sauce Off. It's going to take place this Saturday, September 2nd for Labor Day weekend at One Bills Drive and at 2.30 p.m. And I'm going to give them all run for their money as I'm going to tried my best to win this competition and be invited back for next year and hopefully for years to come. So that is going to do it for us, ladies and gentlemen, here in the sit down. Next week's show is going to take a look at the first NFL regular season game of the Kansas City Chiefs against the Detroit Lions, which we all are very much looking forward to, but also as well as that First Bills game against the Jets will give you all the keys to the game, everything that you guys need to know, and then some. Right here in the sit-down every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Built in Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, presented by Duff's Famous Wings. And don't forget that Built in Buffalo is in partnership with PLB Sports, Wester, Ticket IQ, Picasso's Pizza, and Underdog Fantasy as well. Join us next week at Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also, check us out on audio podcast if you're unable to catch the live version of the show. We'll see you next Thursday, Bills Mafia, as always. From everyone over here, go Bills. Go Bills, baby. It's easy. Go Bills.